I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Kirk Jowers. Uh, thrilled to be joined by Peter Watkins. Peter spent nearly six years working at the White House in a variety of offices, including as a spokesman for President George Bush, as well as a spokesman for First Lady Laura Bush. And during this time, Peter traveled to over 20 countries and 47 states on behalf of the president and the First Lady. First Lady, Peter, thank you for joining me. Kirk, thank you. It's so great to be on your show again, and congratulations on such a great show today. I mean, I'm following the governor. That's that's a tall task. So <laughs> great to be back. Yeah, no, you you are worthy. There's there's so much to discuss in this short time, but I want to start close to home, which is uh, the bid by Republican Burgess Owens to unseat Utah's only Democrat in Congress, Representative Ben McAdams, for the fourth district seat. A seat, by the way, that he won by less than 700 votes. It's always close in the 4th District in 2018. Just got tighter. The Cook Report has shifted it from lean Democratic to a toss-up. Indeed, the latest Deseret News Hinckley Institute of Politics poll showed McAdams and Owens tied at 35% each with a seemingly incomprehensible quarter 24 percent of these registered voted still undecided other polls have a much much uh smaller uh undecided but still tight always within the margin of error uh so what do you think uh do you agree it is close uh what do you think is going to happen in this Uh, race i mean i mean let's let's take ourselves back to 2018 he won by 700 votes I don't know right. how you get much closer. I guess 699. But like this is this. So is, would you take over or under on 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 this race? <laughs> well, there was other there was, context is important in these races. I mean, what was on the ballot in 2018? It was the uh, the marijuana proposition. You had uh, the better boundaries proposition. You had a lot of voters that came out that that uh, that didn't like Mia Love and wanted to vote for a Democrat that that may may or may not show up in 2020. So that's, and, I think that's one of the big points of this race. Uh, and and that's certainly true. And, and and I think all of the things you mentioned probably did benefit uh, uh, Mayor McAdams. Uh, it was not a presidential year, which normally you would think would benefit the Republican. But President Trump is not as popular here amongst Republicans as he is in some other states. And, and in fact, across the country, of course, he's... He's lost some points. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say Republicans I've talked to about this district at the national level, they see it as a lean 14 Republican seat. They see it as one they should win. And yeah. so the really the, the only the only big thing in this. I mean, the money is is, is uh, so lopsided in McAdams and that's really going to give him a shot. And then let's see. You know, there's the old adage that people vote. You know, you vote, you, you, you love your congressman, but you hate Congress. And so, you know, there's, McAdams has done so much in the community. He's well-known, great name ID. 
this is the pop your popcorn race for uh, Utah going into November, I think. Yeah, certainly uh, for the, on the Burgess Owen side, you kind of start off knowing that a, a glass of milk is going to get forty five percent in that district. Yeah, um, right. so he's got it. Yeah, so he's he's got to face that. Um, but you're right. I do think McAdams has some assets. You mentioned a lot of them. He's well known here. Uh, a moderate, more pragmatic guy. Uh, he's got a huge financial advantage. Uh, as of June 30th, the most recent Federal Election Commission financial disclo- disclosures reported he had more than $2.6 million in cash on hand compared to less than $93,000 for Owens. And McAdams is flexing that muscle a little bit with running a TV commercial that's focused on the COVID-19 pandemic and calls for, quote, putting people before party and principle before politics, which is something he needs, as you mentioned, when he's his party is on the short side of that that plus 14 statistic you gave. So with all that, uh, who's going to win this one? Oh, gosh. Today on August 20th, uh, let's yeah. join McAdams because Adams, he has money. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> right. I don't know. And I guess I should say Burgess Owens, has, since that June 30th, he has had uh, Donald Trump Jr. out, and they've raised uh, well over $100,000 at some events in Utah. And you know uh, that, that both parties uh, have already committed to spending millions in advertising. So it's just going to be one of those wars. What may make the difference, I'm I'm with you. I'll go on record saying I, I think McAdams is going to squeeze this one out. But um, – our answers could be very different in a month or so. Let's look at national politics. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, 75 days or so to go. Uh, will the Democrats take the House, Senate, and presidency as the polls and most pundits are saying right now? You know what? This is this is another one. Like, it's so hard to project. But the House, yes, uh, the House is harder to harder to flip. Uh, the Senate. Maybe not. Um, watching some of the, the Democratic National Convention and some of the talking points and some of the, you know, these statewide races are, are just so, so, so different. And uh, but the White House is the one everyone will be talking about or thinking about. And certainly your listeners uh, will think about just about every day until November. I have to say, gosh, it's not as close. It's not as close, or, or let me say, it's not as close as you can, as people think. What I mean by that is, there's this just, just oh, Biden's going to win because everyone's in chaos right now. Uh, like, not so fast. And uh, if the, the Democrat National Convention is any indicator, it, it just feels flat to me as just someone watching from the and the enthusiasm game. On, on President Trump's side is still very high. People are voting on the Democratic side against Trump and on the Republican side for Trump and not necessarily for Biden. And and so that really, to me, that enthusiasm uh, metric is, is so, so big. Right. And as you know better than anyone, that was something that Karl Rove uh made famous the the enthusiasm gap that um even when things looked rough uh for george w bush's re-election yep. uh yep. he was always very confident both publicly and and in private um because of that enthusiasm gap and 
Now, this is a it's a different animal. The the level and intensity of of, of hatred for President Trump yeah. on on the left is is different than it, it was with Bush on on such a personal level. But uh, I agree with you. Uh, what can you've worked on things like this before? What can Trump do to turn around his prospects and and perhaps some of perhaps help some of his Republicans who are running close races around the country? You know, just remind people that we were in a good spot before the pandemic hit. The economy was rolling. You know, lots of good things that happened. You know, for for conservative policies. You know, we the Supreme Court justice picks. Uh, a path to peace in the Middle East. I mean, that's sort of a headline that, that hasn't been brought up much. But, uh, you know, these these diplomatic agreements between UAE and Israel, I mean, that 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 used to, like, stop the presses in American <laughs> media. And, and, and so, like, these are things that – these are victories. These are things that the world is better better off for. And, and so I think reminding people of that and, um, you know, it just all depends. At the end of the day, Chris, we both know, like, one of the, I, I hate to sound cynical, but it, people vote their wallet. They vote, uh, how's the economy doing? Uh, how, how do these policies affect my bottom line? And and are they policies? You know, it, it's really what is the role of government in, in in that play? And I think that really is what it will come down to. And, and the, the truth is, most of the pundits, people like me, just don't know. Right. Yeah. It's the economy, stupid, as we heard in 1992, and indeed it was. And uh, and and you're right. I mean, everyone, including myself, were wrong in 2016, um, pretty much from start to finish on President Trump. So I I feel like I don't have the right to underestimate him as much as I did in, in 2016, because I've, I've just been wrong so often with him. And we'll, we'll see if he can turn it around this Republican convention. Uh, I think yeah. will be uh, important to see what message they can get out. But, Peter, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. One last thing. I was just going to say, just, I was just picked up also on how President Trump attacking uh, metropolitan cities with, with their, their management style and that form of government. And so that's another thing. That's another thing I was just going to point out in terms of Trump. But, uh, no, it's great to talk to you, Kurt, as always. Thank you so much for being with us. We will be back for my final segment today with uh, Tim Hightower and Sean Barton to talk uh, college and NFL football. See you then. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.